I invite you, uh, well, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to uh, look at a couple of verses in 1 Peter as an introduction, and then the message will come from a psalm. Um, This message from the psalm, it's the psalm of the cross. It's called the psalm of the cross, and it's probably in in many of your uh, Bibles, it says that at the beginning of that psalm, like many psalms have some kind of a, a, a title, and this one uh, is entitled the, the Psalm of, of the Cross. Um, I, um, I realize from, from, from dates that I write on, on my notes that uh, apparently it's been 17 years since I brought this message on, on this Psalm of the Cross. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's way too long. Now, of course, Dan or, or Josh could have brought it too, and I'm not sh- maybe they did, and I forgot. I, I doubt if I forgot, but, um, but I, I'm not sure that, that they did. Um, <clears throat> but um, hundreds of years, um, a thousand years maybe uh, before, uh, before Christ died on the cross, um, this psalm was written. And of course, there, there's other psalms, like, uh, uh, not other psalms, but other uh, prophecies uh, about his, uh, his sacrifice for our sins, especially sin- thinking of Isaiah. Um, but it's so interesting how, how the Holy Spirit worked in the life of uh, King David to, to write such a, a psalm uh, so many years before. But let's introduce it by, or, or let's first look at a couple of verses in First Peter. First Peter chapter, uh, chapter one. <clears throat> verses eight to eleven. This is First Peter chapter one, verses eight to eleven. Now, as you see, verse eight says. Whom having not seen, we loved. Well, as you see in, in verse 7, who's he's talking about, of course, Jesus Christ. Okay, so Jesus Christ in focus here. Verse 8, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. <laughs> we could stop there and rejoice a while, but we don't have so much time uh, this morning. Uh, receiving the end of your faith, the outcome of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Continuing to read the next two verses. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. And we will look at one of those in the Old Testament this morning. The scriptures which, which Peter had 
And he knew his, old, his Bible. He knew his Old Testament scriptures. And this is what he said. And it's, they, we realize that they knew just as well as us. After Christ had come and given his life, that's what the Holy Spirit was saying hundreds of years before. Now, while we are in 1 Peter, let's look at one more place. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Verses 21 to 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 to 24. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. You know, Peter didn't come up with that last phrase by himself, but he pulled that right out of Isaiah. The psalm for the morning then is Psalm 22. I invite you to Psalm 22, the psalm of the cross. We already said and already read that Peter identified this psalm as one inspired by the Holy Spirit hundreds of years before he wrote what he wrote. All of this psalm can be applied to Jesus Christ. Some of it can be applied to King David. Some of the things in this psalm, Psalm 22, go far beyond the experience of King David. David writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 22 is quoted at least seven times in the New Testament, and every time it refers to Jesus Christ. Crucifixion, this method of execution, was virtually unknown in the time of King David, especially among the Jews. And yet he writes, so you might say graphically, about what would happen to Jesus Christ. Let me uh, just read the verses of Psalm 22. At this time. <clears throat> psalm 22. Psalm of the cross. A psalm of David. 
My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? <clears throat> oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make my hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death, for dogs have compassed me. <clears throat> the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. I, I'll, I'll comment on a lot of this, but I just have to stop and say here, these things I've just read in these last few verses. I mean, that's not David, that's Jesus Christ. You realize that, and this was written about a thousand years before that. Verse 19. But be not thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength. Hasten thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. 
In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Uh, lest you wonder what's going on here, the voice is changing now. <clears throat> and it happens in various psalms. The, the voice changes. And now, it's like Jesus, at least in the last number of verses, it's like Jesus is, is exhorting us. And, and, and maybe David uh, is exhorting us because of, uh, of the great victory that has been won. Let me continue to read. <clears throat> Verse 22, uh, verse 23. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye seed of, Ab of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard him. He heard. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will... Pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. As you know, in the Gospels, we have those very words that are in this first verse uh, where Jesus uh, said that on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Um, in uh, maybe in verse 2 here, he's referring to, uh, well, he said, I cried in the daytime. Thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. Maybe the night season, he's referring to uh, the night of prayer in Gethsemane, where he sweat, as it were, drops of blood, the New Testament says. Or that three hours of darkness that fell upon the earth in a miraculous way while he was on the cross. Maybe that's what he's referring to in concerning the night season. And yet we know how he prayed in Gethsemane. I'll just say it here. I probably may refer to it later. But you see, we, we have to remember that we believe, according to the scriptures, that Jesus came from being 100% God, and he always was 100% God, but he humbled himself and took on the nature of man. He humbled himself and took on a human body so that he could be like his brethren, 
says something like that in, in Hebrews and uh, <clears throat> says similar things other places, of course. Uh, <clears throat> but he, he humbled himself he, he, and took on a human body. And, and, of course, in Hebrews also it says a couple different times so that he could understand uh, and be a high priest that understands us. And uh, so what I'm saying is that in his humanness, in his physical body that, that knew what pain was, um, in his physicalness and humanness, he had some of these questions. And, and he did not uh, feel it, it uh, happy to have to go through this. And yet he was willing. And so he prayed in the garden. If it's possible, God, if this cup could pass from me, if it's possible, that would be my will. But, but not my will, but thine be done. Look at verse 3. But, after he said what he said in verse 1 and 2, but thou art holy. In your holiness, Father, you know best and you know what's required. And I'm willing to go through with it if that's what it takes. I believe that's how he was feeling and saying, as it were, in his humanness. <clears throat> but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. In verses um, 4 and 5. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. And that applies to the comments already made concerning his humanness. And uh, the fact that. He was willing, even though it, it wasn't it wasn't like he, he was looking forward to it, but he was willing. Um, <clears throat> he was tempted in, in all points like as, as we are. That's another way you could say it, uh, a little different uh, emphasis there. But, but yeah, that, that shows his, his humanness. He was tempted in all points like as, as we are, yet without sin. <clears throat> Verse 6. I am a worm and no man, a reproach of man and despised of the people. And of course, you realize in many of these verses following here in the next, next number of verses, uh, you can remember by reading in the Gospels, at various places in the Gospels, how people, and especially some of the scribes and Pharisees, the Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, some of the priests that did not believe in him, would not believe in him, how they, they had these kind of feelings against him. Uh, unrighteous feelings, unholy feelings, ungodly feelings against him. And so it says it in various ways here in these verses that we've read. <clears throat> Concerning this worm in, in verse 6, but I am a worm and no man, 
a reproach of men and despises the people. Uh, we, we dare not uh, just take that lightly, the word, word worm there. I am told that there is um, a, such a worm. It's referred to as a scarlet worm or a crimson worm. And uh, the, the, the scarletness or the crimsonness in him uh, was used in old times to, to make dye. And it's one of these creatures that um, when it comes to give birth, they give birth once and then they pass on. They, they, they die. They, they latch themselves onto a tree or, or to a piece of wood, and there they will never leave. They latch themselves on, and they give birth. And then this, this uh, redness in them sustains the young for a period of time until the young are big enough to be on their own. And then this mother worm dies. And in that period of time, her, 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 her red color uh, stains herself. It stains the wood that she's on. And it stains the young, the babies. The blood of Jesus, if we want to use the word stained here, the blood of Jesus stained himself. It stained the cross. And that precious staining blood stains us. And our sins are covered by that blood. Our sins are washed away by that blood, as it were. I am a worm. We would assume that some in this day and time knew, knew what was being referred to there, even if we're not as familiar with it. Verses 7 and 8. Again, I already said, you know, you read in the Gospels and, and you know some of these things. How they treated Jesus, how they questioned Jesus, how they made fun of him, uh, how they did various things around, uh, of course, around the time of his arrest and, and crucifixion. But uh, the questioning and, and the uh, so forth that came to him uh, and the lack of sympathy and uh, lack of understanding toward him even uh, during his time of ministry. And they, this thing of verse 8, it's recorded right in Matthew, maybe one of the other gospels. Verse 9, but thou art he that took me out of the womb. And we have here verse uh, 9 and 10 about him being uh, one that God took care of uh, from, from the womb, from his mother. It's like Jesus is saying here, God, you have cared for me uh, and my body from the time of my conception. Yeah. All the time that I was, was a human. From the very time that I that I became uh, that I humbled myself and became a, a human being, also you have cared for me and directed my my life these you know thirty three years. 
In verse 11, um, be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. One of the things you compare that to is the fact that uh, during his time of his uh, arrest and, and, um, and crucifixion, we are told that uh, all the disciples ran or were, were scattered. Uh, now we know that that Peter stayed afar off, as it were, and uh, answered some questions that were brought to him during this time, uh, not answering them truthfully. So he didn't get any help from his closest followers, those 12 that he had ministered with. He didn't get any help from them during this difficult time in his life. Verse 11. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. Um, Bashan was the, uh, in, as we see in Deuteronomy 3, is the land of the giants. A certain place where it was known to be giants. And so uh, we take for granted he's talking about the, the bullish spirits of Satan here in verse 12. Uh, it uses other words uh, like a lion and maybe another thing or two as we go further here. Uh, compar comparable to the, the, the strongholds of Satan against him during this time. <clears throat> Such as uh, verse 16. For dogs have compassed me and in the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. Um, we'll come back to a couple of these verses, but I just want to point out that. And then this, um, look at uh, verse 21. Save me from the lion's mouth. So he's talking about, he spoke of bulls, of, of dogs, <laughs> of lions. <laughs> All with a negative connotation, of course, and the work of Satan, as it were, against him. <clears throat> now, go back to verse 14. Verse 14. And you've heard, uh, you've read in, in the Gospels of what happened. Uh, you've heard uh, people talk about it. Uh, you've heard preachers preach about it, about, you know, the what his body would have gone through. Uh, one of the big things is in the loss of so much blood uh, from all the, how he's, he was handled and treated. Um, and so, verse 14, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint uh, my heart is like wax it is melted in the midst of my bowels my, verse 15 my strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws so all, all that verse 14 and most of verse 15 uh, it, you, you could uh, parallel it with, uh, with the, all the loss of blood 
from from his beating, from his crown of thorns, from the, 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 the piercing of his side, and so forth and so on. Um, the physical suffering uh, in this, I already said that that kind of crucifixion like that was, was not known in, in that day, at least among the, uh, among the Jews. Uh, with the loss of, of blood like that, um, then uh, one's body becomes very thirsty because the, the blood is what carries the moisture, uh, the water. Uh, the, our blood is such a large percentage of water, and uh, so when the blood is lost, then the, the body all of a sudden gets very, very thirsty, as it were. Um, <clears throat> and, of course, Jesus said on the cross, I thirst. Um, <clears throat> the end of verse uh, 15 has brought me into the dust of, of, of death, or, you know, I'm about to die, in other words. The end of verse 16. The end of verse 16. They pierced my hands and my feet. If I could just say it one more time, do you realize the prophecy? The Holy Spirit speaking through King David to write these words about something that would happen. And we know it happened to Jesus, uh, you know, these hundreds of years after this was written. Verse 16, they pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell, verse 17, all my bones, they look and stare upon me. Uh, hanging on the cross. Uh, it had its way of, of showing up a person's bones, as it were. They look and stare upon me. Um, that's what they were doing, standing around the cross, looking and staring upon him. <clears throat> uh, some of that is recorded in, in the Gospels, of course. <clears throat> they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. We said this is prophecy. This is the Holy Spirit working through David. <laughs> yeah, I think I've said it a few times already. But, of course, that's recorded in John chapter 19. It's, it's actually, it's, it's mentioned in all four of the Gospels, I believe, that, that particular uh, thing there, verse 18. Um, and his garment that was parted and, and given to others, it's, it may be the only personal item he actually owned. Uh, he, he was appointed heir of all things, but, uh, but he, uh, he left no physical inheritance to even his family. What did he leave? He left the New Testament. He left the New Covenant. And the pro he left the promise of eternal inheritance no he didn't leave any items for them to fuss over he left he left the promise of an eternal inheritance 
Not even his grieving mother uh, could have a, his coat or scrap of his clothing. Christ's example, you see. Uh, one of the things he said was, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. And he was certainly a good example of that. The word darling in, in verse 20 speaks of the dog again here, but at the end of the verse, we already talked about that. But uh, deliver my soul from the sword, my darling. Uh, my darling, what it means, uh, interpreted literally, is uh, the only one or, or the, my only life. Only one, only life. Now, the picture turns here once we get into the middle of verse 21. For thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Some of this is quoted, as I already said, uh, different times in, in the book of Hebrews. And, of course, they, the Hebrew writer knew that these Old Testament scriptures, verses that he quoted... We're talking about Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Praise. Verse 22. Uh, if, if it means anything to you, think of this. First of all, the, this verb to praise uh, now, the word praise is used a, a few times before this in the Psalms, but this particular uh, verbiage of praise, halla, halla, this is the first time it's used in the Psalms. Now, the, the Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters. This is Psalm 22. This happens to be verse 22. And Jesus says that it's time to give God the glory. He's like our, our song leader. He's like our worship leader. He's, he's like our praise leader. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. As I mentioned when I got to this verse when I was reading, it's, it's a, change of, um, a change of person in the writing here, in the, in the saying, in the telling. Um, and exhortate. Now David is, uh, in light of what the Holy Spirit has done through him in, these early, in the biggest part of the psalm, in the earlier part of the psalm, now David is, as it were, exhorting us that would read this later. Exhortation through David. Verse 24. God had a reason for what he allowed. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, 
neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. Jesus in his humanness had some questions about that. But his father was there all the time, listening all the time. Says it in verse 24. Verse 25, the testimony of the redeemed. My praise shall be of these in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. Verse 27, you and I as Gentiles are included. This was not just for the Jews, it's for all the earth. Verse 27, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. I mean, that's powerful. That, that's a great, for David to say that in a time when, when God was working with his people, a certain people, the Israelites, for, for someone to say that, maybe you might say it took some nerve. I mean, it took some thinking outside of the box. But that's what it says in verse 27. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. That's very significant. And that includes you and me, praise God. <clears throat> verse 29. You could think of the, 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 the term, the phrase, every knee shall bow. As you read verse 29, every knee shall bow. Look at it. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. And none can keep alive his own soul. All they that, middle of the verse, all they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. And none can keep alive his own soul. Every knee shall bow. Verse 30, a seed shall serve him. A seed, it means those born again. That's what a seed is, it's new life. Those born again, the redeemed. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. A generation that are Christian. A generation that are believers, as it were. And the end of verse 31, really interpreted literally in the, in, in the Hebrew, is simply, he hath finished. He hath finished. Verse 31. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. That he hath finished. That's what it means. And we know what Jesus said on the cross, of course. Uh, when he knew it was finished, he said it is finished, and he died. <clears throat> the song leader is going to come now and lead us in singing. Number 159, O Sacred Head, Now Wounded. 